millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Coming up on this episode, Louis Cameron is speaking to Australian Test wicketkeeper Alex Carey ahead of the NRMA Insurance Test Series against South Africa, which starts in Brisbane on Saturday. And everyone's very excited for this Test Series to take off. It was a clean sweep of the West Indies that Australia pulled off, but now they're going to have a perhaps a much tougher task. Louis Cameron, welcome from Brisbane. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that um, that we're just looking forward to some competitive Test cricket, right? Like uh, the Windies just didn't didn't put up much of a fight with either bat or ball in, in Adelaide and Perth, and I think by the end of it, you know, even Australian fans were just just wanting a little bit more. So this South African team is exciting, as you, as you mentioned. They've got some excellent fast bowlers. They their batting isn't as isn't as highly credentialed. So I guess all the question marks are going to be whether their their top order can match you know the kind of form that Australia are coming into this series in, um, and we know how good Australia's bowling attack is as well. So it's got the the makings of a um, of a, another great South Africa Australia Test series, doesn't it? It does. How was Alex Carey? I mean, he must be fresh. He barely got a bat against uh, the West Indies. He was fresh, yeah. He said um, he'd only ever played in one other first-class game in his career where he didn't uh, didn't get a hit, uh, which is what happened to him in Perth. The only other time he said he'd done it was when he drove up from, I think it was Brighton or, uh, yeah, it might have been Brighton where he was playing county cricket um, up to Derby uh, for the... 2019 Ashes Tour game. I think it was actually between Headingley and Manchester, which is obviously quite a pivotal time in, during that tour. And he went up to we keep in, in Tim Payne's stead and didn't get a hit. So thanks very much for coming, <laughs> Alex. Uh, thanks for driving halfway across uh, the country. So uh, slightly different circumstances. He's now you know well well established in this Australian team, and uh, he didn't he didn't mind too much. He, he looked really good as a bat, I thought, in in Adelaide. But more importantly for the Aussies was what he did up to this. Um, you know, up to the stumps to, to finish that game. And that was what I was most interested in talking to him about. So uh, stick around uh, on the podcast for for him talking about that because he, he goes into some some really interesting detail and, and the wicket-keeping nuffies, I think, will we'll really enjoy that. Yeah, it was certainly some sharp work behind the stumps. Now, Australia had uh, two big outs during the last test in Adelaide. Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins missed both through injury. Uh, can you give us an update on those two? Are they going to be returning for the Gabba test? Uh, yes and no. So Josh Hazelwood, uh, I haven't seen him here yet, although I did hear that he was coming up to Brisbane. He wasn't at the the main training session here on Thursday, it, uh, which is actually at Allen Border Field, um, where Cricket Australia have um, done, a, done a really amazing job, to be honest, with the uh, redevelopment of this ground. It's just a, a wonderful training facility. Um, so that's where the Aussies have been training here today. Pat Cummins was there having uh, a good bowl, um, looked looked really sharp. He still like has this amazing ability of just 
um, bowling within himself and kind of looking like he's not going 100% and then he and the ball comes out and it's, you know, it's Pat, everything we know Pat Cummins can do. I saw him uh, nick off, I think it was Marnus Labuschagne at one stage, which is something the, the West Indies had, had trouble doing um, as he piled on 504 runs in, in two tests or whatever it was. Uh, so Cummins is, is looking good. Uh, he had a long bat as well yesterday. Uh, I saw him fielding out there. So I don't think there's any question marks over him returning back into the team. Uh, as we also found out uh, a few days ago, the unlucky man will be to, to make way that is is Michael Nisa, who bowled really well in, in Adelaide, I thought, took took five wickets. Um, but the fact is Scott Boland is is ahead of him in the pecking order um, and he did also did nothing wrong under lights in Adelaide. So I think we're going to have a, a bowling attack of Cummins, Stark, pr- presuming he's fully fit, um, which he, he did look like today. He had a, had a good bowl as well. Uh, so Cummins, Stark, and, and Scott Boland, along with Lyon and Cameron Green. Okay, okay. So Nisa perhaps a little unlucky, but as you said, Boland did absolutely nothing wrong. His test average is still around 10 runs per wicket, so may as well keep him in the side. And just reward for him as well. Um, you caught up with him on the last episode, of course, and it's good that he gets to you know string another at least one more test together because of his amazing record. Yeah, and he's, he's almost the most popular man in Australian cricket. Like the reception he was getting down at Adelaide Oval, uh, the coach Andrew McDonald actually brought it up and said, I've never heard a Victorian, as, as a Victorian himself, I've never heard a Victorian get that kind of ovation at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> <laughs> they're, um, they're normally kind of getting heckled down at, down at final leg in shield matches. So um, Boland does have a, have a good bowling record at the Gabba. So does Michael Nisa and over over more games, of course. I think, it's, I think Nisa has played 18 games at the Gabba um, just because of the fact he's a Queenslander and has run right on um, green-seeming Sheffield Shield wickets there in the past. Uh, and Scott Boland's, you know, done nothing wrong there either. I think it's probably important to note we still haven't seen the Gabba pitch yet. We haven't, um, haven't really been able to go there. Uh, South Africa have been training there, but um, but the Aussies have been been here at AB Field. But um, I think the Gabba pitch is often a little uh, less spicy for Test cricket compared to compared to Sheffield Shield cricket with the with the extra days. So it'll be uh, be interesting to see how much grass they leave on it. Yeah, it will be. I mean, there's certainly uh, um, a consideration the curator is going to have to take into account if it's too green. Well, that might be playing into South Africa's. Um, strengths because, as you touched on just at the start, they've got some fearsome fast bowlers. Um, Anrik Norkier bowls over 150 kilometres an hour. Hiso Rabada, we know what he can do. And then a couple of, uh, I guess, fresher guys to Australian fans, Marco Janssen and Lungu Ingidi. Um, do you think they'll all play? What's your sense around the South African lineup? Uh, will they go for all-out attack or what's their the general vibe around their team. Yeah, hard to know at this point. Um, haven't uh, haven't had too much word from their camp yet over whether they'd look at Ngidi, Rabada, uh, Nokia. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to to say his name properly at some point in this series. Uh, and then Marco Jansen, who can bat in the top six or seven and is quite sharp as well. Uh, and then and then Maharaj. Um, 
I hope that they play that they don't go all out quicks because I think that's a mistake. If you have a, a spinner who is as good as Maharaj, um, I think you need to play him. I noticed as well today Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne were having quite a long hit against some some left arm spin in the nets. So they're thinking about um, about Maharaj. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves a bit of respect. So uh, no word yet on whether they're going to go with five bowlers or four bowlers or four quicks or, or whatever it is. Um, but an interesting point about the pitch conditions and you know what would ideally suit Australia, um, you kind of it almost Alex Carey in the in the segment that's coming up actually said it's almost uh, becomes the op- when you talk about a bowl off and, and two great fast bowling attacks, um, it actually almost becomes the opposite from a strategic point of view from both teams. It actually becomes a bat off because the bowling is so good you can bank on them. You can bank on them being being mm. fantastic all game. What then becomes the difference between the two sides is how well each top order can can kind of resist. So um, that's a really interesting strategic uh, element of this series, I think. Yeah, it certainly is. And now this might be a question that's a bit more, well, I don't want to say hypothetical, but maybe theoretical. South Africa have an incredible record in test series in Australia. They won uh, in 2008 It's not theoretical they- at all. It's, it's cold hard facts, Josh. <laughs> But yeah, lay, lay it out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry the question that's it. about to follow maybe. Um, 2008 09, they won. Uh, then they won again in 2012 13. And then they won again in 2016 17. And they were not highly fancied each time, you would probably say. Why does South Africa have such a good record in Australia when uh, they haven't been consistently at the top of the test rankings? Good question. Um, I think they would say that that Australia used to bring or has always kind of brought the best out of them because they're they're like us, aren't they? They're, they're fiery um, guys and they have great fast bowlers and they've had some great batsmen over the years too. Um, so I think particularly their bowlers would would get up and we know how spicy some of those series were, particularly um, uh, 13, uh, early 2014, that series in South Africa, particularly 2018, the tour of uh, South Africa, which was Sam Papagate and Cape Town, and and you know forget leave that to one side for a second, but but all the stuff that came before it with the the, the awful crowd stuff and David Warner, and also Rabada getting off a a shoulder barging charge on Steve Smith, that was a, a really fiery series, um, and yeah, it, it seemed to bring the best out of South Africa on a lot of those occasions. Um, I think just the fact as well that they do have, they've had great fast bowlers in Dale State. Vernon Philander, Rabada more recently, um, and and good batters who can who can handle high pace, right? Because South Africa is a kind of it's probably the most similar country to Australia in terms of um, pitch characteristics. So these guys come out here uh, and know how to play. You know, facing Mitchell Stark or Mitchell Johnson or um, any of the the other fast bowlers Australia have had over the years, it's not as intimidating for for these guys as it is for Sri Lanka or West Indies or or even England who have who have um, not not had that same kind of record in Australia. So that's probably my best guess at, at why South Africa have been so good. Do, do you think there's any other factors I've missed there? Yeah, I think that's pretty much spot on. Um, uh, when I spoke to Keshav Maharaj uh, last week, mm. he, I asked him that same question and he said that um, South Africans are best when their backs are against the wall and they've got to put up a fight. And like you said, I think playing against Australia, who has such an esteemed reputation, especially at home, it brings that out of them. So uh, I'm sure we're going to see the same again in this series. Do you want to make a bold prediction for how the series is going to play out? Uh, yeah. Good question. I haven't thought about what. I'm not 
don't really do predictions too much. I kind of um, you put me on the spot here. All right, um, I think Australia will win at the Gabba, uh, and then just for fun, I'm going to say South Africa going to win at the MCG, and then it's going to come down to a spinning pitch at the SCG, and I think Nathan Lyon will get him over the line there. Um, that's what I, that's what I'm barracking for. Yeah, I'm barracking for a, for a, a close series that Australia wins. Is that is that fair? That would be fantastic. I'm sure all of, all cricket fans around the world would be happy with that if it all comes down to the decider at the SCG. And maybe the two spinners talk will happen again if if it's going to be a spinning wicket at the SCG. We haven't had that for a few years, it seems like. So no, I feel like we get it every year. We just it just <laughs> never happens. But uh, the the most recent Shield game they played there was quite a, a turning wicket. So if that's an indication of things to come, then they may be more tempted than ever. Anyway, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's stay with the Brisbane test. Stay in the present. And one test yes. at a time. Yep. Good call. Good call. Let's jump straight into your chat now with Australian Test Wicketkeeper Alex Carey. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here with Alex Carey in Brisbane on the Unplayable podcast where Australia will play on Saturday against South Africa. Alex Carey's first test against South Africa, I believe. Let's talk about the West Indies series just gone by uh, for you guys. I imagine probably couldn't have gone more to plan. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess, looking back to Perth, um, preparations were, were really good. We spent a few days training at the Wacker uh, leading into that first match Um uh, on Perth Stadium so uh, and it felt really relaxed around the group um, the players knew what preparations they felt they had to do leading into that series and then to see the guys execute so well on day one um, Marnus and Smudge obviously the uh, the big hundreds double hundreds for those guys um, to set that series up was fantastic and you know Travis a uh, quick fire 99 um, to then pull out and get bowling um, where the West Indies put up a, a good fight. Uh, I thought over in Perth, they, they made it hard for us to, to take those 20 wickets. Um, but the boys just, yeah, hung in there. Uh, obviously, Paddy didn't bowl the second inning. So, you know, a bowler short there. And um, to keep coming back, and like I said, for the West Indies to put up that fight, it was a, a really good victory um, over there in WA. Then to move on to Adelaide, obviously the pink ball game is is always one of those ones you you hopefully, if you can win the toss, try and bat as big as you can to then set it up to bowl in the evening session, ideally on night two. Uh, and we were fortunate enough to win the toss and then for our batters to go out and execute 
what the plan was. Um, again, was full credit to them. They're, they're hungry at the moment. You know, Martis again, incredible hundred. Uh, heady home soil was fantastic. And, you know, it's it's close to a run a ball in a test match. It Yeah, it, it puts a, a good dent in the scoreboard. So um, for those two especially to, to go out and, and play really well, allow us to then, yeah, declare when, when suited. Um, and to take those 20 wickets, you know, in, in good time, uh, again, was great reward for, for bowlers who prepared really well um, and for batters to cash in and, and score some big runs. You spoke there about how well you executed in Perth. You guys executed so well, you and Cam Green didn't get a hit. Yeah, what, that's what was, it. Yeah. yeah, what was that kind of like going into your, into your home test, into a pink ball test with uh, with not having had a hit? Yeah, I reckon it's, you know, close to the first time in a first-class game I haven't had a hit. Um, I think the only other time was up in Derby where there was a tour match and... I, uh, I drove up to wicket keep and, and didn't get a hit, but um, you know it's yeah it's great it's it's great for the team to be in a position to do that. Um, and Cam and I sort of had a little laugh about it after, and um, we probably hit a few more balls than the other guys leading into the Adelaide Test. And um, yeah, it's one of those ones. Like I said, the players, the batters are, are hungry to score the runs, so don't leave it up to the other guys. They um, yeah they went out and executed. They cashed in and, and went really big. So, um, yeah, no complaints from me anyway. Maybe Greeny, he, he, he loves batting. So um, I think he was itching to get out there. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, I, I think one of the most pleasing things for, for viewers of that second test was kind of how it wrapped up and the, the three catches you kind of took at the end there, two of them up to the stumps to Michael Nisa. Just kind of tell us about what kind of goes into, um, first of all, I guess, making the decision to, to go up to a, a bowler as fast as Michael Nisa and, and, and the process behind executing a couple of catches like that. Yeah, I guess knowing your bowler, um, Nessa wasn't going to be too dirty if it went up to the stumps. Are you sure? Did you ask him? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Uzi was at Gully and he said it. it, um, it's happened at Queensland a couple of times. So uh, got the all clear there. But (laughs) nah, look, um, yeah, obviously Roston Chase was um, sort of advancing down the wicket and trying to negate any, you know, seam or swing um, that that was happening and uh, I think Smudge sort of in the first innings I suggested it didn't didn't come through. Um, said stay back, and then the second innings it was sort of you know suggested when Roston started to advance down the wicket. You know, let's get him back on the crease and try to hit you know pads, stumps, um, and let Nessa settle in there. So you know the plan was more to yeah wrap him on the on the boards rather than you know get a nick, but um, to be able to yeah bring him back. Um, change his game a little bit and and to have the success that you know Ness did um, myself to hang on to a couple which was which was great um, yeah it was a nice nice plan to to come off you gave up footy a while ago was that the first chess <laughs> mark you've taken up to the stumps yeah I uh, I've taken a chess mark um, on Adelaide over before but it was with a bigger ball so um, <laughs> yeah still got a little uh, no come on it went straight into the mitts um, no a little little bruise on the shoulder. Um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was nice. I was able to you know juggle it amongst the chin and um, yeah, celebrate a little bit. The guys have talked about um, Ness being a, a guy who's a little bit uh, flatter and skittier compared to the big three and, and probably even Scott Boland. Is he the only guy in this team you could see yourself actually coming up to the stumps to? Yeah, I, I, I don't reckon uh, Paddy Cummins would allow me to come up to the stumps, <laughs> nor would I want to. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's one of those ones. I think conditions probably, you know, allow certain times um, to do that. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Ness, Ness can get them through and, 
yeah, I was waiting for a bouncer to come my way as well. And that probably would have sent me back. But um, yeah, it's it's exciting to have guys like Ness and, and Bolin and Lance Morris um, in the squad when, you know, Hazelwood or a Stark, Cummins don't play. Um, there's a lot of great depth there with our bowling around Australia. And there's another other guys that could easily come in. So yeah, the depth is fantastic for those guys to come in um, perform really strongly is no surprise. And just on that kind of coming up to the stumps, like is it um, more of a, a ploy for flatter bolt? Like is, is it more about trajectory, I suppose, than than actual airspeed? I'm thinking back to, to Chad Sayers and I can't remember if, if you kept up to him. I remember Tim Ludeman did quite a bit. Yeah. Um, a similar kind of a shorter, skiddier bowler, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, probably as a batter, uh, you're not going to advance down the wicket too much to a Cummins or a Stark or a Hayeswood or, you know, even Barrel. So, um yeah, you, I guess you, you think a little bit as a batter as well, you know, what would you um, prefer? And it's, yeah, the keeper back allow you to, you know, do what you want at the crease. Um, so that comes into it as well is trying to make a little bit more uncomfortable um, and, and just, you know, uh, changing the routine of, of each batter. So some bowlers will allow that more than others. And, um, you know, Ness was probably just the one on the day where Ross and Chase went, um, you know, searching forward. So we, we just decided to, yeah, let's let's bring him back in the crease and um, try to get him out that way. I know you did a little bit of work uh, on your wiki keeping before the Adelaide Test with Tim Nielsen, who um, you know used to coach Australia and, and you know well from South Australia. Can you kind of explain to to the viewers, I guess, um, to the viewers, to the listeners, this yeah. podcast? <laughs> Some I, I should remember. <laughs> yeah. um, can you explain to the the listeners about um, you know what your process in terms of preparing for wiki keeping is and and who the people you, you speak to for for advice are? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess, you know, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of uh, helpers um, and people willing to offer, you know, strong advice around the country. And, you know, uh, Adam Gilchrist presented my baggy green. Um, you know, he watches closely. Brad Haddon I've worked with closely um, throughout the 2019 World Cup over in England. Um, got Andre Borovic now at the, um, uh, at the CA level as assistant coach. So, you know, he kept... Um, all through his days playing, he was a demon wicketkeeper in great yeah, cricket. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to have to have like, you know likes of those guys, Graham and There's there's so many, but um, I guess for Tim Nielsen, um, being around the soccer so much, um, you know, I was able just to yeah pick up pick up the phone. Um, I catch with him regularly uh, when I am home with the soccer, uh, and just yeah thought to get him down and, and have a catch and. Um, I guess, you know, use our language and, and have um, borrow around that as well, just to pick up anything that we talk about to, you know, remind me when we are on tour, um, if Tim's not around, just to, you know, pick up a few little things that we talk about regularly. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, for me, I, I like catching balls and, and training, um, you know, different parts of my game regularly. So uh, we had the nick bat out. I found Perth. There was a lot of balls beating the outside edge from the off spinners, which, you know, it can be quite difficult. You probably expect the ball to be spinning in a lot more. Um, but Perth just threw up that challenge that balls were sort of picking up pace and, and you know, almost felt like an outswinger at times. So um, got Vin down, spoke about that, caught some balls. And then Adelaide's a little bit slower. So the spin is more, um, you know, more, you know, probably more regular in Adelaide as it was to Perth, you know, Gabba would be different. So, uh, yeah, you've got to go um, about your business pretty normally, but also understand conditions are going to be different at times and, and just, you know, tweaking little parts of your game 
Um, but yeah, it was fantastic having down, have a catch, have him around the system again. Um, you know, like you said, coaching Australia those years ago, it was uh, yeah, it was great to have him down there. And speaking of great wicket keepers, you guys honoured um, the the late Rod Marsh after the after the game with the team song, which um, uh, got got posted online, and and people seem to really love uh, getting led into that inner sanctum, if you like. Yeah, how, how special, first of all, was it, and and how, how does it feel, I guess, to, to share it with the wider public too? Yeah, it was very special um, to have, uh, you know, Nathan Lyon, who leads the team song, um, you know, decide to do that uh, was, yeah, it was a fantastic, you know, gesture for the family. Um, there's so much respect, obviously, around the cricketing world for Rod Marsh and uh, to have the um, memorial, you know, unveiled that, that test match, um, to then win a test match and be able to, to do that. Yeah, something that I'll never forget. Um, Michael Divinuto, who was really close with him, said a few words, which was fantastic. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really special. So, yeah, you know, one of Australia's you know greatest wicket keepers. Um, yeah, I looked up to him a lot, a lot as well. That's really nice. Um, so, we, as we mentioned off the top, you're playing South Africa for the first time in Test cricket. I think it's no secret that they're going to come at you guys with a fair bit more pace than, than what the West Indies kind of had in their attack, and we know that they had some some challenges on the injury front as well. Um, but the, the extra pace that South Africa is going to bring, Alex, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, this is yeah, this is really exciting, uh, and I reckon obviously celebrating a, a great series win against the West Indies. Um, as a group and then you know you jump on the plane up to brisbane we are now and starting our preparations today um you know guys have already started speaking about you know what we're going to come up against um yeah it's going to be uh, a really exciting series no doubt I, I think both bowling attacks have got lots of pace um so it's going to be I, I think we talk about you know a bit of a bowl off between them but i think it's probably a bat off who can um who can score the runs required to win a test match against two fantastic bowling attacks so um yeah i'm excited to get out there hopefully the top order um does a lot of the work and you know can put some uh, overs into the quicks but uh no it's going to be very exciting and you know the gabba the gabba test is is great for yeah for one bowling um there's always something there for the quicks uh you know fast and bouncy um, but then it can also be great for our batters, you know, get through that hard work and, and cash in. Um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty exciting test series, no doubt. I've got to ask you about Rabado because I think he's probably the, the most well-known of these guys that the, the, the people listening would, would know. I mean, he uh, he's such an exciting fast bowler and such a, a fiery fast bowler. You would have faced him a little bit in white ball cricket. How do you kind of find picking him up out of that, that kind of really fast, fast action? Yeah, I, I think they all obviously present different challenges with their actions um you know he cruises in really fluent um and then lets him down you know mid 140s um i spent a bit of time with him at the delhi capitals as well so uh to face him a little bit in the nets obviously different um but a, you know a great guy as well so it'd be great to see him again um but yeah he's a you know he's got that control uh he's got the ability to sort of work through the gears and, and crank it up um you know, as to all their quicks. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to see um, our batting group be able to negate that. Um, and it's going to present, you know, different challenges throughout, no doubt. But, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that we'll prepare really well today, um, main session tomorrow, and then, 
yeah, come Saturday we're into it. So it's going to be really exciting. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about um, something Mitchell Stark said in an interview the other day, I think it was with Channel 7, where he got asked if he'd ever seen any of his teammates watching their own personal highlights. And he said the only time he could remember was you watching some footy <laughs> highlights on a plane. Um, Good highlights. <laughs> so right of right reply, did it happen and then what were you watching? Oh, look, I don't know if it actually did happen, but he swears by it, so... I'll run with it, um, and it's. I think it's okay to watch highlights from footy. Those days are done for me, um, so I've got to sort of reminisce a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know which highlight it was, but I come back at him on socials and and threw up, um, yeah, a post of me snapping a goal. A uh, bit of a fluke, I reckon. And I remember at quarter time, you know, I was pretty up and about with it. <laughs> And Sheedy just, you know, looked at me and said, if you ever do that again, you'll never play. And um, maybe that was true. I didn't, didn't play after that and, and sat on the bench for a little bit and, and thought, what have I done? I should have centered the ball. Um, but then after the game, I had a bit of a laugh about it. For people who haven't seen the, that particular highlight, I just watched it about an hour yeah, ago. It's, yeah. it's a pretty good goal. Talk us, talk us it through it. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, that's years ago. Um, could probably pump it up a little bit more than what actually happened, put a bit of mail on it. But no, I, uh, yeah, just in the pocket. Um, I balked one and then was going to snap or go, yeah, center it on my left boot. Uh, then that player sort of come back at me, shrugged him off again and then, and snapped it and, um, was say it goes on the banana. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it went through. So I was, like I said, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, but the coach wasn't. We know Mitch is a big GWS fan. So yeah. you, you would have thought he'd be happy with that. Yeah, I thought so too. But no, I uh, yeah stitched up from Mitch Marsh. I have to get back at him. Yeah, very good. <laughs> appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time on the Unplayable Podcast, Pleasure. Alex. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.